0: hello and welcome to the podcast love life and loss this week we hear cara's story when cara was only just 17 years old her son was stillborn listeners cara tells us about her journey from when she first realized something was wrong and having to hear those dreaded words i'm sorry to then go on to give birth to her baby knowing she could never take him home cara lost her son over 20 years ago and she shares her journey with us so far Listener's Cara tells us what life was like after and how she has overcome so much. So please join us. Hello and welcome to the podcast Love, Life and Loss. Thank you so much for joining us tonight Cara. So the way we do this I ask you to tell your story so first of all though if you'd like to just tell me a little bit about yourself and then if you want to tell me your story from the beginning that'd be great
1: lovely my name is Cara I am a mother to three my eldest is 17 my middle son is 12 and my baby girl is nine full-time working mum um like us all full-time working mums it's tiring it's hard but we uh we dig deep and we get through the day
0: we just crack on, don't we? We do. So, tell me your story, then, Cara, from the beginning. So, how old is, how old is your eldest?
1: So, um, my so CJ he is seventeen. He'll be eighteen in January. Um, but prior to having CJ, I had my son Cameron. Um, and that leads me on to tell my story. So, I was I it was unexpected pregnancy. I was seventeen as you can appreciate 17 um being being a young mum isn't always the uh picture perfect um scenario however i you know dealt with the situation and i was really excited after kind of getting to grips with being a, a young mum uh, both myself and my partner at the time and we both um embraced the pregnancy I, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't for being a young young younger mum, I didn't I didn't drink, I gave up smoking, I did everything by the book, I went to classes, uh, everything seemed to be wonderful, all my checks, everything was going really well. Um and unfortunately 39 weeks um into my pregnancy, I started to feel a bit unwell, um, sick, lightheaded. Uh, that went on for about two days. Uh, on the second day, I rang my I remember recall re- ringing my mum, saying, "Mum, you know, I'm not quite sure. You know, is this the first signs of labour? Because obviously it was my first pregnancy, and I was young, and I, you know, I wasn't experienced in this whole um, labour world. That's, um,
0: isn't it the first time you just don't know what to expect, do you? So, and also being young as well, and you, you, we followed the TV, I suppose, don't we? And how everything's supposed to be perfect.
1: And I thought, well, you know, mum's had two children. Maybe she'll be able to tell me, yeah, this this is the, the onset of, of labour. Um, spoke to mum. She asked me a few questions. I answered a few of these questions. Um, and she actually passed the phone over to my stepdad, who I have to say I didn't have a great relationship with. So I found that really odd initially. Like, why he you handed the phone over? I don't have a great relationship with him. And, and actually, um, my, I think she had mum's in in like intuition that there was something not right and I think she was so emotionally involved and invested in the pregnancy alongside me for the whole almost nine months so she was she still remained in the background and she said to my, my stepdad can you tell Cara to call her midwife immediately um and that was that so I you know again not really clocking on I was young and naive and, and so I called my midwife explained to my midwife um how I'd been feeling over that two-day period um I said to her you know I've been fit and healthy I remember I recall that particular day actually um because I lived on the seafront we had an apartment on the seafront it was beautiful and I remember going to get a few food bits, food shopping bits and because it was quite close carrying those bags back but I mean it wasn't they weren't big bags they weren't heavy it was just you know and I felt really unwell anyway by the by I called, I called the midwife and. Yeah, she, she said I had to go straight to the hospital. So at this particular time, like I say, I live by the seafront and uh the, the nearest hospital was Boston, which was like twenty odd miles. Yes. So yeah, so that journey in itself, you know, not the un driving into the unknown, think in in my mind still thinking that I was going to go I was this was this early stages of labour. I arrived at the hospital. Um, they took me into the maternity suite. Oh, they're really, really good. Um, scanned me straight away. And that's that's when I uh, realized there was something seriously wrong because the midwife, bless her heart, I'll never forget her face. She was shaking when she was scanning me. Um, she was a young midwife. Um, I did ask her questions like, is, is everything okay? There's something wrong. I, you know." And she just said, I have to get a senior. So she went and got a senior midwife. The senior midwife came in, did exactly the same, repeated what the um, younger midwife had done. She wasn't shaking. The the senior wasn't shaking, but I could see there was, there was concerns in her, in her. I mean, she tried to refrain from showing emotion, but how do you in a situation like that? You know, she then had to explain to me, she had to go and get, so I asked, basically I asked, her, "Don't lie to me." Like at this stage, I just if you could just give me some sort of indication of what's going on because you know i I know that there's something clearly not right here. So she went on to say, "I'm so sorry, I can't I can't find your baby's heartbeat." Oh,
0: Cara.
1: Um, at which point again, maybe it was maybe the shock or just disbelief or my yeah, I don't I don't know what happened, but it was almost like this can't like I'm I'm a week off my due date a week off my due date this can't be happening I can't have a, a plane sailing pregnancy everything be okay and then this happened like what, what's going on so I guess I still had a um a flicker of hope because she said I I she and she was so sweet about it she said I'm a, I'm not at the level where I can determine time of death it has to be um, a consultant so I had to then wait for a third person to come which was a consultant who repeated the same scan and then then confirmed um, uh, that, that Cameron had had passed away at that point, obviously they couldn't determine how the time of events or, but based on what the information I'd given them on the two days, um, he probably passed two days previous. And that's why my body was starting to, to react to um, being, you know, feeling unwell, pa- feeling like I was going to pass out and, and so forth and so on. Um, then, after that, it was complete shock. I can't even. I, I can only describe that that after the the confirmation that he would passed, it, <clears throat> it was like I was having an out of body experience, and I was watching from afar. <clears throat> it was like I was watching it happen to somebody else, and it wasn't me. Yeah. Um. I I I remember saying to my other half, like. What, what 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 happens now what do we do now you know I, I, I've i I've still got a camera still in my belly what what is the process again complete naiveness to what how, obviously I know and I, I, I knew then you give birth to a baby you know but what what's the protocol in this scenario like I, this this So to complete disbelief um obviously my partner run around the whole family and again they all came together Louise they all I wasn't aware of who was getting called and who was coming but they all came grandma included as old as she was they all traveled uncles aunts cousins father, literally the whole family so can you imagine it was like when when I realized because I wasn't obviously I was in such a state of shock I wasn't really communicating at that particular time um so when when I could actually get out of the room, I asked, am I okay to go? I need some fresh air. I need to, like, you know, get my head together. And as I've come out into the hallway, like, the family is all in the hallway. Uh, my partner's best friend at the time, he was he was literally sat on the floor, floor in the hospital. It was that packed. It just, everyone was there. And um, at this particular time, obviously I was 17, <clears throat> my dad was there. And my dad was never never uh, one you could say you had a cigarette too it was always mum knew I smoked dad never did
0: okay.
1: and dad smoked and he looked at me and he said um I'm so sorry car I'm so so sorry I said dad right now I just I just want a cigarette that's all I want and then and he said you know what Cara that's exactly what you had I didn't have a cigarette throughout my whole pregnancy and then even then um he's like, I having that first cigarette outside i felt bad for having a cigarette because i was still pregnant heavily pregnant i had a bump and for those people that were coming to the hospital they must have been looking at me in pure disgust like look i have a big belly smoking a cigarette outside the hospital yeah but they were they weren't aware of my circumstances yeah. and and i recall my dad saying because obviously like i could say dad didn't know i smoked i said oh dad you know these people must be thinking what the hell he goes cara they don't even know what's going on and i do you don't even yes the last thing you need to worry about it's what people you know but um yeah i spent some i spent some time out there and then once i'd gathered my thoughts and and spoke with my my mum my brother and my dad uh, my dad came with me and my mum came with me to speak to the consultant and said what's the next course of action um and he said we're going to have to induce their labor which will be uh, intravenous drip to to start it um, at which point I was just totally devastated. I said to my dad, "I can't, I cannot, I cannot give birth, Dad. Naturally, I can't. There's just knowing now. I, there's no way I can do it." So I said so uh, my dad, "said to consult. Is there any way she can have a C-section?" Like, um, and the consultant said, "Because of the situation that I'd carried him potentially for forty-eight hours, because of my age, and because it was my first child, and you know, obviously." he said if there is any form of infection if we do a cesarean we'll run the risk that she may never carry again and obviously we we don't we don't want to we don't know what's gone on um in that if it is 48 hours what's going on side Cara's body it was just it was just one blow after another Yeah, Um, and I was terrified absolutely terrified because obviously giving birth to a baby is terrifying in itself for your first baby you don't know what to to What's going to happen in terms of you know it's painful you know but to to know that you've got to go through a labor and have full pain and and not get to take you, your baby home at the end of it yeah and 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 I was you know ha, what what's my baby going to look like he's passed what you know it was just all so so traumatic. there were a few years so,
0: put it sounds really traumatic and to have to deal with that at the age of seventeen. And it's your first baby as well. Take my hat off to you, honestly. Uh,
1: uh, again, at the time, and for three years after that, Louisa, I still didn't re- take that on board and recall that happening to me. But uh, that I'll I'll, I'll I'll tell that part later on because uh, what it, it, it is bizarre. It's the whole situation was but bar- Maybe that was my protection to myself, like a coping mechanism that I kind of switched off, like it wasn't happening to me. It was happening to somebody else. I don't I don't really know um but yeah so they agreed that if I was to do that so dad's dad said if you want to go private car I'll pay private for you to have a c-section and the consultant said um to my dad you know in all due respect that's a really kind thing for I'm telling you as a medical with medical advice it would it's not the best option um so I said okay obviously young wanted you know wanted to have children and you know so I, I they started my labor um they had the intravenous and and pretty quick pretty, pretty quick the contractions came because I was so close to my due date anyway.
0: Okay.
1: Um uh, yeah, and then when I I could uh, obviously again, my first baby I knew it was coming because I could feel the sensation and the pushing sensation that you, that you get at the end. And so, you know, I I pushed Cameron out, um, took all my night. But then that again, the I don't think anybody in that position one is is ever going to be prepared for the, lock, the 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 scarring it leaves you with of losing your own child, but having having to see that with your own it was just it was just absolutely soul destroying and and do you know what, Louisa, my son passed that day, but part of me passed with him that I never ever got back, and I never will. so it was almost like he he left he left us and took a part of me as his mum with him um that 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 kicked off I did I I didn't recognize at the time but that did in like kick off a form of um, anxiety and depression which I've suffered with my whole life well since then now um maybe for the first few years I didn't I didn't understand it because I was looking from an outside point of view I wasn't looking at that it was me um and then on the third, the third year anniversary of Cameron's uh, <clears throat> passing, I had a, won't say a breakdown, but the reality really hit home. You know, having having to to recognize actually that that did happen to me. That was my baby. That that yeah. that you know, it, uh, it sounds so crazy. to when you say it out loud, like sounds like I'm mad, <laughs> but I actually didn't look at it from from. From a person that it, it was like I was looking at somebody else. Yeah,
0: and that's I, I hear completely understand what you're saying, and trust me, there to be people listening that are going to sympathise with what you're saying. You do not sound mad at all because, like you said, it's a coping mechanism. It's easier to kind of to block things that I did. I blocked I blocked it out for a long time, and and now I, there's lots of things I can't remember, um, even when I want to remember. Now I can't yeah. because I've tried so hard to block it out and yeah it is it and it, it when you say that it just sends home the message that there is no timeline for grief people think that there is oh six months to a year they'll be fine do you not it's a journey it's a journey
1: that you go on for the rest of your life yeah you... I, I, and and you know and you know what else you know when you go on when you go on to have more children or you know some people might some people might not but for me I went on and I was fortunate and blessed to have three healthy babies after Cameron um and 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 the story continues because they're all aware that like for example CJ I mean this he isn't my eldest Cameron's my eldest son CJ is you know has an older brother Luke has an older brother than CJ and Bo has three older brothers you know so we all we all visit the cemetery, you know, birthdays, Christmas, Easter, you know, with CJ being the agent he is, he takes himself there and, and and does his own little thing, has his own little chat. So yeah, it, it does continue it never ever. And and the sad the real sad part about it is the sadness never ends because although you celebrate their life that, that they were born and the sto- you know, my memories of being pregnant and stuff. Like for Bo being nine, she really, really, she really struggled with it. Um, knowing that she had an older brother that she never got to meet, you know, she'll never get to meet him. She but she, we do we we visit, so she gets and she has her little talks with him and stuff. So it it doesn't ever go away. So nice. you know, it's something you have you have to learn to live with, as difficult as that is. As There's
0: you different milestones, isn't there? Each time, it's like. Each, each birthday is a milestone because you think they would be a year older now and you're trying to imagine yeah. what they would look like if they were here at that at the age that they should be and things like that so yeah I do get it
1: the part I struggle with now so Cameron would be 23 on the 12th of July so that's almost 23 years ago and like you say milestones so for the first probably I don't know, six, seven years, eight years, maybe even longer. I always, I always visited and recalled him as a baby.
0: Yeah, It was
1: like, he's my forever young. He's my forever baby. Like I, I didn't, I didn't look at it as he was five, six, seven. I always had this image of when he was born of a, uh, you know, and still a baby, even though he would have been older. But it's only recently where CJ's now have it hitting milestones at 17, where he's, he had his first alcoholic drink or he passed his theory or he passed his test or he's applying for universities that hurts that hurts me Though those those milestones now because they are so they're quite close in age zero 17 cameron b23 so i'm starting to understand all of all of the main things that I'm, i've missed out on with him as well it's it's, it's it, yeah it's 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 crazy how like you say the years go by but there's different things that that upset you or affect you. Um, Do
0: you find yeah. that it can just it can just creep up on you sometimes? Yeah. You feel yeah. like everything's fine, you're cool, and then suddenly, boom! You just have you have one of those we start flagging or you know having a down. Yeah.
1: I um, I, uh, some like I say, sometimes I'm okay with it. I'm at peace with it. You know, it's been it's been nearly 23 years I'm very fortunate and I always say this I'm very fortunate that I went on to have three three beautiful healthy children after some people some people have been in my situation and 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 never had children so I'm forever grateful for that to have had you know but it it doesn't take away the fact I I feel like I've been robbed of of Cameron and 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 getting to know him but the the crazy thing um again it does sound crazy is cj has always been old old for his time yeah way above his age at any threshold and i recall when i when i'd given birth to cameron i still had all the drips in my hands the cannulas and stuff and my nan bless her heart just wanted to get in to see me and she kept pulling my cannula every time she leant on me she pulled my cannula out I <laughs> so was, oh, no. was like blood going everywhere like what? man my hand my hand oh I'm so sorry darling I'm so sorry like there's blood going everywhere now and the second time she pulled my cannula out I was like for god's sake now can you stop doing that please she lent and whispered in my ears and sh- ear and she said he will be born back to you Cara and I wasn't quite sure how to take that at the time because Cameron is Cameron like that that that's who he is yeah But actually in in the most bizarre way cj has never been his age in his whole life he's always been so intelligent so above his his age group across the board he's not really had much in common with people his own age at any age you know at two and a half he was kids were eating sand at the park he was standing on a brick wall doing some sort of tony blair speech yeah so who knows um but I, you know I did I, I did get to spend a lot of time with Cameron before he because so obviously, at the aftercare, that again was very traumatic. I was taken to the maternity ward, which you know, mom, moms had had their babies, they had their babies in in their cribs next to them. Do that. I really don't know why they do
0: that. They might really not think about how they treat people in their situations because
1: that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, I was in I, I was in a, a side room. And I could just hear all these newborn babies. And, and I'm not going to lie, there was, I, I, I was very, at that point, the anger, I think, started to kick in. I started to feel sorry for myself in terms of, one, why am I on this ward? Because I might, at this point, I, I'd spent, before going in the side room, I'd spent a lot of time with Cameron on my own. He was in a crib next to me um, before he was taken to the chapel. But what had happened was he, um... He started to have a nosebleed. Oh, Clara. And um and I thought this, this again sound makes me sound crazy. I thought that he was, I thought he was alive. So I um at that point I said, Dad, I um I think he needs to go to the chapel now. I think I'd, you know, because I honestly thought I was going mad where he was having his nosebleed and I thought he was alive, uh, he was alive. I did, and it wasn't that. What happens is the um the bloody obviously the blood where he's been laid it starts to that's what can happen it's just nature um obviously i'm not aware of that you know i've never been in that situation so we took we had him taken to the chapel of rest and um, and i visit him visit one more time at the chapel of rest and then said my good, goodbyes and stuff but yes yeah, so obviously i had to be under obs because of the circumstances my you know, obviously they had to keep an eye on my health I suppose but being put on a ward with other mums with babies was not ideal um and I remember saying dad I just want to go home now I just need to get out of here like I'll sign whatever I just don't want to be here um went home and then there's the following morning wake. I mean trying to get to sleep that night was well it was near impossible but the exhaustion of labour and all of that, I managed to fall asleep and honest to God, in the morning, it was like this wave of dreads. Like as soon as I opened my eyes, like, is this real? Yeah, this is real. This this mm-hmm. is this is really yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just so cruel because I'd gone through nine, almost nine months of pregnancy. I gave birth to my son, didn't get to take him home. But after that, I was still left with the the, after, the aftermath of being a mum, because I was still a mum, I am a mum, yeah. you know, the aftermath of having a baby, the bleeding, the milk, having milk and, and no baby, like... You had the
0: milk. Did they not give you any tablets or anything to try and stop it?
1: No. Oh, that must... Oh, Cara. Yeah, so it, 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 overall, I mean, the staff were incredible, don't get me wrong, I would never... Uh, I, I would I think they did the best of what they could at the time but that you know I think in scenarios like this the you know one mother should be put on a ward with with other mothers that have had their babies you know no way no yeah so anyone that's listening if you want to take note please. yeah that's that that's almost like sending someone over the edge I think you it's know to... sure what it is it's, it's bad enough because
0: it's actually part of the grieving process, which I didn't know this at the time because I like a bit like you, when I was going through my bits, I thought I was going mad because I used to hear a baby crying even after you know, a week or so afterwards, m- a month after I'd be sat in my living room and I could hear a baby crying and I thought I was going mad. And I didn't tell anybody because I thought I was going mad. And then one of the books that I got given from the hospital the, the one of the supports i got i read i was reading about it and that's one of the symptoms of the grief that we've used you, you you go through when you lose a baby you hear a baby cry so to hear that that in that way is what is bad enough but to actually be in a ward with babies and actually listening to them cry because i'm pretty sure that a lot of people listening who's who go through what we've gone through and after time time can help with things but at the beginning
1: it's hard to be around other babies. I don't know about you, but for me, uh, it yeah. really hard. Tough. I, I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't want... No, I didn't want to be around babies. I felt really... I, I, I don't know. I felt like... A, is leopard the right word? So I I almost... Whenever I, whenever I went, like, a few weeks after, if I would go into town obviously everyone knew I was having a baby, people would cross the roads, Louisa, just to avoid having to see yeah 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 it was and and, and some part of me kind of gets that that they don't they don't know what to say they don't know how to react in that situation or um but yeah I I mean like I say the 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 scenarios they just it's like a snowball effect it's not just about being told your baby's passed away it's about the everything else that comes after that and it is so traumatic and like I say a part of me left with Cameron and never came back and ne- like I lost it was almost like my youth had been taken I was 17 but I was I was a big woman after that you know
0: um uh has <laughs> been so much to take on because that one of the one thing that I always think about is when I lost when I lost Zion if if he was my first it was it's hard enough as it is but because I had the girls before him, they gave me the strength to get up in the morning. Just literally just to get out of bed. So I always said, i would take my hat off to people if it happens to you on your first baby. Because I did that. I'd honestly,
1: the fact that you got out of bed again is amazing. I mean, I did, but I wouldn't say I was, I was fully functioning when I was getting out of bed. I mean, I, I did turn to alcohol. Um, and and that's what got me free I mean not the right right choice but it was the choice that I took at the time um was you given any support Cara to the hospital
0: the doctors anyone did anyone give you any support no no any
1: information or anything uh, I think I I I got like a two-page leaflet of some kind I don't I don't think it was anything no I mean I didn't even know so obviously uh as a as time passed you, you get the option when you go back because obviously again uh being so young and naive obviously i had to register birth and death which was fucking excuse my language Don't worry. Beep, beep, soul <laughs> soul destroying uh to to register birth and death like that that blew my mind
0: yeah
1: yeah um and then i had to arrange the funeral uh you know there was and because I wanted this was the other thing because I had him in Boston and I wanted him buried with all my family so we could all visit um I had the drama of getting him back through the counties as well oh really yeah 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 you have to pay so for every county that the the coughing goes back through you have to pay fortunately there was a loophole because because he was under a certain age I didn't have to. I didn't. I mean, I would have paid it anyway. It's irrelevant, but it was just another addition to everything else that was going on. And then I spoke to a consultant about because I didn't know what had happened. Everything was fine, so I decided to have a postmortem. That's not everyone's choice, but I wanted to know whether it was um, anything that, that, that to do with me or to do with to genetic. You know, anything that you know could prevent. Prevent that happening again. um And unfortunately, the results of the postmortem were that the vessels in the placenta hadn't matured properly. That was all we had. But given Cameron was seven pounds eight, he wasn't. He wasn't a small baby. It wasn't his. He was still getting nutrients. He wasn't a starved baby. So, but that was literally the only thing that came back from the postmortem was the vessels in the placenta hadn't matured properly. That was it
0: that didn't really give any answers did it really no it didn't that's hard as well isn't it not having answers not no. we all want answers we all want to know why we want that that one question why answered but it's very very good answer isn't it
1: yeah i mean uh pregnancies after so with getting pregnant with cj i was under really good care and i, I with all three of them after i never went over 36 weeks. They would never allow it. So I was induced at 36 weeks Perfect. with all of them. Yeah. um, Just because they couldn't determine, one, what, what the issue was. And, it, and because the pregnancy was so fine the whole way through, and it was just the last block. So, yeah, I, I was induced at 36 weeks with CJ, Luke, and Bo. So, Hannah, how, how did you feel when you were when you felt pregnant with CJ? How did you feel when you first found out you were pregnant and then going through that journey? Terrified. Yeah. To absolutely terrified although my grandma bless her soul she's in heaven now as well they're together
0: yeah.
1: um yeah she did say lightning, lightning doesn't strike twice kara but i mean in some situations it actually does yeah. so yeah. it was it wasn't a case of that was well. so i mean i was very very um obviously older i'd been through that before i'd given birth and you know so i was older maturer, stronger in terms of this is what I want my care to look like. I do not want to have your box standard maternity appointments. I need proper consultant care the whole way through, and I had that with all three of them. Yeah. Literally, I had extra scans. Uh, yeah, um, the care with this this three after was was you know incredible. Was that Still, something that was given to you? Know, was that something you was given to you? Did you have to ask for that? Uh, on I think for for CJ I had to ask for it and I pushed for that so once obviously then they they did that they put that special extra care in for me it was on my record so when it came to Luca I want that care the, the all of this that I had with CJ I want it again and it likewise with Bo exactly the same because um where there was no no reason for death and everything was fine and then they've got this special care with cj all you need to do is replicate that and there was no challenge in it because it was on my record then so the care i had with cj and obviously the evidence of of getting to 39 weeks it all it was it you know it just it was just plain sailing after i say plain sailing my care was plain sailing but obviously you're still it was, even with Bo's pregnancy, which is you know she's nine now, you still worry. You still you still think the worst because when the worst has happened, you ne- you you're never gonna you're never gonna be at ease until you've got that baby in your arms.
0: And that's the thing. Um, once, once the worst ha- does happen, you because you always think, oh, that won't happen to me. That happened. It won't happen to me. But once it does happen, then anything's possible, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I did go through a stage as well that I had this. Because they say still stillborn stillbirths are an early offset of possibility of can be similar to cot death. Um. So then I went through the stage of when they did when CJ did survive. I'm like, oh my god, and he was born and he was healthy. Oh my god, is you know. So every night I'd be in his crib like a mad woman, like with my nose on his face, you know, just. And he was so, such, such such an Asian baby slept from six weeks old. It made you even worse. Well, oh, yeah. six, weeks, six weeks old, he's living his best life, knockout. And I'm mad, mad mum in the cot, just checking that everything's okay.
0: Yeah, checking his breathing. I still do it. Yeah. I still do it with all the kids now. And I will not leave the room until i found, I even I have to feel them. If I can't see it, I have to put my hand on their belly or something to feel their belly going up and down.
1: Oh Louise, I thought I was the only mother that did that. It's so nice to hear somebody else do it. Yeah. Honestly, Cara, I do it all the time. And one day I did it, and
0: I woke Mia up, and she was like, "What, well, mum? What are you doing?" I was like, "She must think I'm a crazy person." But little does she know, I do this every night. And I tell you, when I came home from the hospital after Zion, that was the nicest feeling in the world to be able to feel or hear my baby's breathing. Yeah, like those. If that small thing became such a huge thing to me it was like winning the lottery for me just be able to feel them breathing and hear them breathing so yeah and I still do it I still do it every night
1: oh yeah I do I do I mean see uh CJ um CJ had I don't know if you've ever heard of him, febrile convulsions oh yeah he had one at 11 months old oh gosh Um, well louisa i literally did look like a mad woman in the middle of new look in bedford town center so it was december so it was a month before his birthday in the january and obviously when you're going shopping you're, you're all wrapped up in winter coats you're in and out of the shop so the temperature changes you go from hot to cold hot to cold um uh, i remember a recall being in new look and i hear this almighty scream I, i've never heard a scream like it and i thought that's come from my pushchair (laughs) so run ran ran to the front of the pushchair I shouldn't laugh because it was not funny and when I when I looked his his eyes were in the back of his head and and he was literally combined I was like what the hell is this straight away can you imagine because he was still a baby 11 months old I just went into complete meltdown um a friend of mine that was with me she had to get him out of the Pushed here because I was just in complete shock didn't know what to do beside myself the ambulance they called the ambulance i mean there was people were just stopping there was the shop was full of people do you know what i did hid under a rail of clothes in the middle of new look because he'd gone his mouth had gone completely black oh Cara. and i thought i'm, I'm this is my i'm losing another baby here and i literally hid hid under this rail of clothes in new look and this lovely old couple had to get me out from the ra- underneath the clothes when the ambulance had arrived and they'd got him in and they'd started to um get him an oxygen and stuff and um uh, yeah thankfully it was just a febrile convulsion but because of the experience I'd had
0: yeah with my
1: yeah. son I straight away I I can't I it was almost like I need to just get away from the situation I can't I can't see this happen to, again like there there's no way so yeah I looked like a Crazy, crazy person that day as well.
0: This is it. <laughs> I could imagine you as well hiding in the clothes. Yeah. But the-, is the god who does that? What mother goes and leaves their, their child with their friend and hides under a rail of clothes? But that you knew he was with somebody. Maybe if he wasn't with your friend, you probably would have reacted differently. But because your friend was there, you just went into meltdown. That's the thing. And this is the thing: we don't know how we're going to react in a in a position of trauma and emergencies like that because yeah. you, know, you, you can have all these ideologies of what you would do if this happens if that happened i would do this I'll do that you don't know never say never that's what I say never do yeah. you in that situation you don't know and you just your body does do crazy things sometimes to protect itself
1: yeah I mean I love my babies more than anything in the whole wide world and I mean if anything ha- ever happens, and I, it, it, I would be a, a broken, bro- broken woman, absolutely broken. So, having already lost a son and experiencing that pain, I know what that pain is. Without, it, it, it's just, it's just. So that day, like I say, when he had that febrile convulsion, it was almost like, oh no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to survive this. If anything happens to him, I'm not going to survive. I mean, Love's a powerful thing and it it it's a wonderful thing, but at the same time when when you love that much
0: it
1: uh, it's it's scary, isn't it yeah
0: it makes you vulnerable it
1: it really does, yeah
0: and there's no there is no love like the love a mother a mother has for their children Mm-mm. so whether your child's no. here or not, or it doesn't matter if you've got five minutes or no minutes, it doesn't matter, does it like
1: no, no but it is it's being a mother is is the is the most incredible thing in the world I mean I look at my three small people even though CJ's not small he's taller than me now but they're still my smalls they'll be my forever smalls and I just think you know I'm so proud of, they're all so different but I'm so proud of each and every one of them and yeah, it's great. It's it it's it's the best feeling in the world, especially when you see him. I love I love to see him laughing and joking together. It's like you know, it's like the most amazing feeling in the world when they're when they're together and laughing. All of us it's great. Yeah.
0: And what and when so when you had CJ, did you find that you um overcompensated
1: with him? Louisa, I was if you if you was to speak to CJ, he, <laughs> he had dried banana he had he had everything like organic he, he wasn't allowed to he wa- <laughs> wasn't allowed treats when he was with me with my grandma and auntie used to give oh let the boy have some tro-. no so I almost went complete eccentric like no he needs to have all the goodness you know he can't have can't have junk food and he can't do this and he can't get dirty he has to be immaculately dressed and you know, he had reflux as well. So he was sick all the time. So literally, like, oh, well, there's a bit of sick. So now he's got to have another outfit and another new bib. And my I used to say, for God's sake, Cara, that's what kids do. Like, he's not a doll. But in my mind, I think I just wanted everything to be just so for him. It's like I had to create this picture perfect world for him so that nothing bad would happen. And, and actually, that continued his whole life, Louisa. He, I didn't allow him out he wasn't allowed to out to play. I really restricted him from a lot of things. And it's only now that I have Bo and Luca who are younger that I kind of realized that, okay, you have, you have to, they can't bubble wrap them for their whole life. You have to give them freedom to create their own memories, create their own mistakes. Because if you don't, they're only going to hate you and resent you for it. So I kind of, bit more lenient with Luca and even more so with both. So CJ now will say, I weren't allowed to do that. You never allowed me to do that. I wasn't allowed at that time. I wasn't allowed lemonade. I wasn't allowed this. <laughs> I know that sounds
0: a bit familiar to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was like over overboard with him and kind of relaxed as I realized, you know what? They're okay. They're here. You can't, you can't yeah. live. You can't live by something that happened Although it ne- like you say, it never goes away. You do think about it, but you can't, you can't put that on to their lives, you know.
0: Yeah. And that's the hard thing, isn't it? Is finding that balance because you are, we are human beings, so we can't help our, our emotions and how we feel and having our fears and you know our, our wants and things. But it is, it is, isn't it? being aware of it it's about being aware of it I think and then once you're aware of it then you can control it a bit more yeah know that okay I feel like this but I'm not going to let my my behavior show this to my children all the time because I want
1: them to be normal
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want them to have a life you know I often I often worry like have I messed up my kids because I think it's the thing is it's, it's so natural and it's so normal to to be messed up after losing a baby of course yeah. you're gonna be messed up aren't you do you know what i mean yeah you, who's not gonna be messed up like yeah. but i always i still now still worry that um have i now messed up my kids no you I have not messed up. yeah no this, you have not and this is the thing i'm learning as time is going on
1: it's all about being honest isn't it like I'm yeah telling, you, telling you, ha- you haven't just like i haven't louisa having these inner, inner worries. Yes, I restricted CJ from going out. Yes, I was a bit over overpowering maybe as a mum in terms of, you can't have a bag of crisps. You can have dried banana or you can have a pack of raisins and you can't have juice. You can have water. I mean... You know, that, 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 but that hasn't harmed him. You know, that, that, no. that hasn't affected him. Maybe they're not going out in the street, but, I mean, he's definitely not streetwise. So that I'm kind of having regrets on because he has no clue at nearly 18. I'm like, oh, maybe I should have let him out. But he is a social butterfly, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just knows, have has no um, social concept of... The dangers and things like that. Yeah, and at eighteen, almost going off to university, I'm like, "What have I done? Like, I'll be on the phone to him every day. Where are you? I might put a tracker on his phone
0: <laughs> location." Maybe anyway, one of those mums. Bless him. Which which university is
1: applied to? Is it one in Scotland? You <laughs> <laughs> probably won't even tell me which one he's going to. Yeah, he knows. No, he's <laughs> like first, I've got a life.
0: <laughs> oh, bless him! No, he you, listen. Here's a credit to you. You, you
1: oh, it's, you. You. You've
0: done amazing